And welcome back to another installment of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Mamer, and my guest today is uh, Stephen, Stephen Barnes. Uh, did I pronounce your name right, Stephen? Yes, you did. Yeah, thanks for having me, Carl. Awesome. Great. Yeah, yeah. Now, Stephen, you're uh, this, this fascinating. Well, of course, all my guests are fascinating, but um, I, I heard you on the uh, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. You were a, a guest rogue, and uh, and uh, well, <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions about that, but uh, basically, you, um, you you've you've created your own sort of uh, uh, conspiracy themed board game, right? Correct. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of. I mean, that wasn't the point of you being on the Skeptics Guide. I think you had uh, your 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 patron Patreon. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a supporter of Skeptics Guide, but but it 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 um. It in, indirectly led me there because researching for the game, okay. I, I discovered them, and then I just oh. resonated with the show. So, okay, and then great. I just started following it. And they're also a great resource for finding crazy things that they uncover as well. Right. Okay. If I can ask you just a few sort of, you know, I, I used to call it the Korean questions, but it's been a long time since I've been in Korea. But Koreans can be kind of nosy about, like, you know, how old are you? <laughs> what do you do? Are you married? Do you have children? You know, and you kind of have to answer all of these questions before kind of Koreans go, okay. Now I know how to talk to you. So if you're if you're older than me, and, you know you're a university professor, and you're married and have eight children, like oh god, I've I've got to basically kiss your ass, <laughs> you know. And it's like oh, you're younger than me, you're not married, you know, you're and you know you're not a professor. Okay, um, I'm going to talk to you in the rudest fashion possible. So so yeah <laughs> yeah so so yeah. But so uh, you where 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 do you live? Where do you live, Stephen? Yeah, I, I live down in uh, Dallas, Texas. I've uh, been living here for almost 30 years, and before that, I grew up in South Louisiana okay. in, the, in the United States. Okay, very nice. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, oh, I, I guess I don't do it anymore, but I used to do a podcast called um, Ask a Canadian, and and uh, it was basically I was the Canadian, and then answering questions about Canada for uh, for sort of for Americans, and mo- most of them were from Louisiana or had been uh, f- grew up in Louisiana, so. Uh, yeah, that's well, it's fun. Well, and we have it's funny because where I grew up is uh, where you've heard of Cajuns before, right? Oh, yes, of course. They, yeah. they are Canadian, they're the, the, the Ur Canadians, kind of. Yeah, it, well, that's what I laugh about because it's a, very, it's a very good heritage, it's a very proud thing. But they're the only people, I think, in the history of the planet that I know that were kicked out of Canada. Yeah, exactly. So they, yeah. they got kicked all the way down the coast, ended up in the malaria swamps of, of, of Louisiana, and, and then created a great culture down there. But I'm like, you get kicked out of Canada. Yeah, that's hard to do, but you know. But yeah, so yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's Canada. It's it's Quebec South is what it kind of is because they still speak French in parts of the state and everything else. Well, yeah. Well, I hope we get into the the topic of the fruit machine. Let's not jump on that right now. But uh, but uh, yes, people, it's uh, it's what you might think. But but yeah, yeah. But uh, so you, you uh, example, like Canadians can be sort of creepy jerks at times. But uh, but yeah, yeah. So and um, and. Um, um, now, I, I, what I gather from the SGU, Skeptics Guide to the Universe, that this the, your conspiracy uh, trivia game. It's becoming kind of almost like your full time job, right? Well, it's no, it's still a side uh, side job for me, but it is it. Its success has been surprising, considering it started out as a joke. Right. And um, you know, I guess we may want to give your listeners a little bit of background of the of what we're talking about here. Sure, is yeah. Uh, yeah so. The you know conspiracy tr- theory trivia game, and actually I just started selling it in Canada on Amazon as well. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Sorry, the, if I can uh, interrupt, that is actually the name of it. That's not a description of it. It's called the conspiracy theory. 
Yeah, trivia board game. There was right. another. There's a couple other games, like Steve Jackson, other ones that said conspiracy theories. I needed to be right. very precise to be okay. able to get copyrighted. But <laughs> the idea was is I, I have a, a, a friend that is flat earther, Illuminati, and we're gonna talk about all those, I guess, later. And she would always send me these these updates, and I would start reading about it. And I made a joke at a party that somebody should just put them in a trivia game. And they were like, well, why don't you do it? So I decided – I started researching it, and I never – and it became something I just wanted to try. And I did it as kind of a joke. Right. And then we sold um, you know, 5,000 copies of it the first Christmas it was out. Right. So it went from a joke to actually a real business. And the more I got into it, the more fascinated I became with the world of conspiracies and the people that promote them. So I started getting a lot more um, engaged. And like I just released another 125 question expansion. I'm working on the new one. And you asked if I was getting sick of it. It's actually the more I work on it, the the more, I guess, uh, amazed I am at, at oh, okay. how creative people are. Well, and what they come up yeah. with, yeah, because you're, because you're, I mean, you're, you're set. It comes with, but how many? Like, there's a lot of questions in the set. Like, um, how many, how many cards comes with the, uh, with sort of the, 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 the original set? Yeah, the original set has 250 questions, and they're okay. broken into five categories. Um, you know, uh, uh, plots or you know, t- technology, mythos, which is like Bigfoot, um, <laughs> uh, and then we have um, uh, the uh, random. And then the last one is uh, aliens. Aliens. Be the first one, yeah. Ancient and modern. So, and then, but what I did on schemes. You got one called schemes. Yeah. Tech. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I called it yeah, plots. Yeah. Schemes. Plot, right, that's, right, right, yeah. Basically, that's all your, you know, the secret societies right, and yeah, things. Yeah. And and what I had to do though is because some of these are so unbelievable, I actually put QR codes on the bottom of each question that links to the website. So, you know, if you don't know that that the ghost of JFK came back to tell us that dolphins are actually extraterrestrials from Pleiades star system and you don't believe it, you just click on the code and it'll take you to the website where the person oh, talks about it. Yeah. I was going to yeah. ask you, I know it's all I, I don't actually have any software that opens up QR codes. I'm a bit of a luddite that way. But uh, uh, I was going to say, yeah, what do those QR codes lead to? I imagine they actually lead you to kind of the source material on some of these, some yeah. of things. But that that is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's basically. I mean, the mechanics are kind of trivia card question, uh, multiple choice answer. So, so sometimes you've got kind of a cute, cute option in there. You know, kind of a <laughs> fun answer. But not 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 everyone. Not everyone is sort of a sort of a cutesy QC answer. Uh, you know, as a cutesy distractor. But right, and then there's that QR code, and uh, yeah. But obviously, yeah. you know, as, as time goes by, right, those those QR codes are probably going to be like, you know, they're they're going to you know lead to like you know dead sites or you know like porn well, sites I, or I, something I, like that. Yeah. Well, this is what the way the internet is. What I actually did is I linked those QR codes to PDF files that I I maintain on my own servers. Oh, good. Okay. Good. And so then I go back and I, every six months, so I check to see if, it, if if they died, and if they have, I'll go find other sources. Uh, of the same conspiracy, and then I'll just re-up that because that's exactly what when I first started thinking about. It's like, yeah, yeah okay. the, the internet is constantly dying. Yeah, and um, and by the way, you talked about the answers. One of the things I buried into this because I am a science geek and a sci-fi geek is on the you know, like I said, every question has four answers. One's correct and three are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I and on the wrong answers, I've buried tons of subtle Star Wars, Star Trek 
Hitchhiker's Guide. Monty oh, Python good. Okay. Things. And it's actually part of the drinking game is that if you, you know, <laughs> if you can name, if you can name one of the wrong answers and what show it's from, then you get to give a drink. And so, and that's what it is. So for people that are, are geeks like me, you'll, you'll catch a lot of little subtleties to places and peoples and references to a lot of those books and, and movies. Okay. Very, very, very cool. Now, the, the mechanics, I mean, the mechanics are sort of a, Somewhat, but not exactly. I would say like like Trivial Pursuit. You kind of move around a board, land on spots, answer themed questions. And, and the, the, the idea is almost you win by kind of sort of uh, collecting. Uh, you don't collect pieces in this game. You kind of collect um, like, like expertise. You demonstrate your expertise in one of the like the mythos or the schemes. And, and, uh, and, and that's kind of the way you win, right? Right, yeah. Basically, the idea is that when I first was envisioning the game, it was like becoming a, a, a an expert conspiracist and revealing the truth. So, it, if you answer a card cor- correctly, you get to keep the card. And like I said, if you get three of the same category, you become an expert and you reveal the truth. And and honestly, and I did a lot of game testing with with friends and family and. The, the game mechanics are almost secondary because usually it's just laughing and, yeah. and joking about what you find out of the conspiracy. But there is a point to it. But I did also make it with um, cover-up cards, which is a way to basically lose some of your cards or a discovery. So even if you're not a conspiracist, you can still win the game. And and even if you know all the conspiracies, you can still lose. So I kind of leveled the playing field so both the people that are into it and not into it can still both have a good time and have a chance right, to win. Yeah. Yeah, I the um, you were very gracious and you sent me kind of a uh, sort of a, a review copy, and uh, but I, I made sure I passed on the uh, you know I, I I paid it forward and, and sent a copy to my uh, uh, he he's been a guest on my podcast a couple times Neil Neil Kroll he's a re- really fascinating guy he in his, sort of his younger day he was kind of you know kind of a neo Nazi skinhead believed you know you know the uh, you know the what was it the was it not the Truman Diaries. Like, the um, Tur- Turner Diaries. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, just the whole. I mean, he, he was just the uh, Protocols, the Elders of Zion. I mean, he was just into everything, and then eventually just kind of, you know, woke up and it was just like, I, I like Chinese food. You know, I like. There's a lot of good black <laughs> exactly. basketball players, and I, I can't hate these things I love. You know, and then yeah, it's very. And then you know. Got married and lived in the suburbs and uh, was part of the Calgary or Edmonton Opera Society and just kind of became you know just a sort of your normal average sort of guy and uh, and uh, yeah yeah really really great guy he's one of these sort of people that I've, I've met in real life through the show and we're friends and he sends my daughter you know birthday and Christmas presents just just a real genuine guy and uh, so I'm like oh. When I when you, you sent me this game, where me and my wife were immediately like, we have to send Neil this game in return, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, he was so happy to get it. So yeah, uh, yeah. I appreciate that. And, yeah. and like I said, by the way, that is the only story I've ever heard of skinhead to opera uh, mm-hmm. uh, fan. That may be one of the most unique uh, personal life stories that I've ever heard. Yeah. That, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's pretty awesome too. Well, lo- lo- long time ago, I used I used to run a, uh, a website called the Conspiracy Archive, A R C dash H I V Arc. And basically, I mean, I don't know how old. Sorry, can I ask how old you are? Oh, I'm I just turned fifty. Okay, so. yeah, so we're about the same age. So you remember yeah. the kind of well, the hoary old days of Usenet and Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I mean that's all you know, where you kinda of cut a lot of your conspiracy and skeptical teeth back then. And um 
And so I used to just kind of like archive all of these sort of conspiracy theories onto a website called the archive. And, uh, and, um, and one of the things I remember archiving was like, uh, like the, uh, sort of the neo Nazi fact or something. Someone had written a fact for neo Nazis and, and it, it was, it was the skeeviest thing. It was sort of like, like, we're not haters. We're just have to protect the white race. You know, like we don't mind other races, but we just think we want to live in our own in peace. And, and you've probably encountered this sorts of stuff. And yeah, it's cringe worthy. Some of the stuff you find. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy, but the author eventually emailed me and he said, look, I'm the author of this fact. And, you know, I've gone, I've completely changed, you know, my tune and I realize now what I've done and how this hurts people. Could you, could you just pull it down, please? And he was really doing his best to go around the net trying to, I mean, a bit of a, you know, tilting at windmills, I think, but, but just trying to get people to pull down this fact he had written and he sort of had seen the light too. And, and, uh, yeah. yeah, well, it's good to know that people can come back from the darkness. You know, they, they not, not everybody is going to be the uh, Darth Vader and the Emperor. So, right, yeah. Now, now, when I, I kind of ordered this on Amazon, Amazon.ca, and I uh, sent it to my friend Neil, and I was sort of looking at the reviews. And uh, one thing I kind of noticed is, like, it seems like a game where, I mean, skeptics get what you're doing, but, but also people who just, you know, true believers and people even in in you know on the fence just seem to enjoy the game as well i mean have you sort of found that that um you know you know are, are you kind of getting a lot of feedback from like conspiracy love people who love and believe in conspiracies and yeah it's actually well one of the goals i did is is i found that everybody has their uh sacred cow yeah. conspiracy that they believe in like like mine is I firmly believe that the mattress uh, firm chain <laughs> was actually laundering money. I just uh, all these conspiracy lines up for me, yeah. even though there's not actual proof. But so everybody, some Bigfoot believer or ancient aliens or modern aliens. Yeah. So I didn't want the game to be insulting. And I also didn't want it to be uh, not factual. <laughs> so what I did is, is so for the skeptics and for not, they can just look at the, the, the breadth of all the conspiracies there. Some of them will be intriguing. And also one of the things I did is I also put in things that were conspiracies that didn't turn into be facts, like a Watergate or, um, you know, the, the, the Black Sox, which was, uh, you know, one of the sports things or other things that, that were, you know, the CIA having a heart attack gun. These are things that eventually became proven as facts, mm -hmm. you know, or the fruit machine. We'll talk about that. Uh, but so I wanted that to be put in there that, you know, sometimes a conspiracy is just because it hasn't been proven yet. Other times, I don't think we're ever going to prove that um, uh, that the Heaven's Gate cult was right, and that the and that Hale Bob yeah. Comet was actually home to aliens. Right. But it's you know, but the, but so the idea is I didn't want I didn't want the game to be contentious for the believers and non-believers. I wanted it to be where they all could just enjoy it. And I and I think it seems like I've been able to hit that balance. Um, same thing with political stuff. You know, there's stuff that the liberal conspiracies and, and conservative conspiracies. But they're not set up to 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 push one way or the other. They're just if it's out on the net, it's in the game and it's very neutral because it's supposed to be when you're having game night. It's not supposed to end in arguments. It's supposed to ever have a good time <laughs> and leave and have fun. And that's and it sounds like that we've achieved. The other thing I, I worked is I also wanted something that's fun for even couples because like my wife and I are sitting around. There's not a lot of games that just two people can play. And a lot of the feedback we got is that seems to work as well as age gaps. I I got several comments for. Your grandpa was playing with their grandson and they had a great time. And so, you know, I, I was trying to hit all that so that, you know, age appropriate, family appropriate and and just fun. 
And, you know, it seems like I got, you know, either lucky or, or you know, hit it up, but it seems like people have really enjoyed it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, maybe let's talk about the fruit machine. I mean, cause you, you talked about that on, <laughs> on Skeptic Guide when once, the, cause it was one of your, like, it was, it was science or fiction, was it? it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. And once I heard that, I'm like, Oh, I completely like this was sort of this was this is very obscure Canadian weird high weirdness from like the the 60s. I don't think we really knew about it until maybe about the 80s. I think started to come to light. That, but right. uh, but what, what why don't you tell what 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 the hell was the fruit machine? Yeah, the fruit machine. This is like again, like what I said with the CIA and things that. Things happened, especially in the Cold War, that I think a lot of governments are embarrassed about. Yeah. This is this is Canadians' one, but basically there was a you know, and I, like, as I explained on the Skeptics Guide, for some unexplainable reason, they believed that homosexuality and communism were the same thing. Yeah. So if if you were a homosexual, that you were subversive, just like communists, you were going to overthrow the government. So it was illegal to work for the government as as, as a, you know an alternate lifestyle. Right. And they were trying to they were trying to figure out ways to to uh, to root them out. And they actually had this scientist. They hired him to develop the fruit machine. Is what and that's actually what they call that. That was the, the term they used internally. But it was determined homosexuality. It was very eerily similar in description to what's in the Blade Runner original movie. With they look at eye dilation, and, right, right, yes. and, and the science is just horrible. It's based on if you're gay and you see a half naked man, you're going to have all these physical things. And I think Kara uh, Sense Maria pointed out that one of the studies they've recently found doing the same type of stuff is that actually ultra homophobic people. Have more reaction mm-hmm. to gay to gay scenes than than gay or or regular people. So yeah, right, yeah. yeah it's kind of funny. But so yeah, so they they did this. Um, they they commissioned the scientists to develop this machine in the early '60s. They started testing it, and they're telling test people that it was to test work stress. Yeah. Uh, and they got a few points, and they started. And of course, it was all over the map. As soon as people learned what the machine actually was. Zero people would volunteer because if it said Bing, 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 you know, fruit plus, then you're out of a job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that so they really didn't even get enough research on it to validate it. But it was used on a number of times for a couple of years. Finally, they they broke they uh they they defunded the program back in '68, and no working copies of the machine exist. And I'm pretty sure it's because most of the Canadians just wanted to forget they had ever done that. But uh, but yeah, so it was an interesting thing to learn about, you know, how paranoia created it. And then the idea that they call it the fruit machine, which is a ridiculous, you know, it was one of the it was one of the ones where I put in there, you know, what was the name? And the name, the fruit machine was the one that people wouldn't guess because it's so obviously wrong. Right. Yet it's the right answer. But um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the um, what was supposed that the the CIA mind control um MKUltra. Yeah, MKUltra. Yeah, yeah. Montreal, University of Montreal had a, a sort of a big part in, in that. Um, they were doing really? a lot. Yeah, yeah. They were actually doing. Okay, here's, here's like in, you know, in conspiracy world, there's no such thing as a coincidence. But this is a very interesting kind of coincidence <laughs> is the uh, the guy who was running it, uh, it was at the Allen Memorial Institute in Montreal. He was running it for the CIA. Now, his assistant, uh, his assistant's daughter, uh, uh, she married, uh, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Uh, and, uh, and then he hit Mila Mulroney's father, who was a psychiatrist at this institute, he also treated 
Pierre Trudeau's wife, she went completely stark raving mad at some point. And, uh, and, uh, so, so, you know, people kind of view sort of, uh, uh, as sort of like, you know, the, you know, the Illuminati kind of basically, you know, kind of tapped this Brian Mulroney guy to be prime minister. And Brian Mulroney was the one who sort of signed all the free trade agreements with the USA. And, you know, anytime, you know, these sorts of things are signed, let's all talk about <laughs> yeah, one exactly. world government. So yeah, the, there's this weird kind of connection. And of course it, it's all then, you know, in the conspiracy mind, it's all straight lined right back to CIA. Brian Mulroney, free trade, CIA, mind control, you know, we're done here kind of thing. So, Well, but let me ask you a really important question. Yep. Was he also a reptilian or not? Well, uh, uh, Google, after, this, <laughs> go, after this, Google on Brian Mulroney and tell me that he, he is not a, a reptilian capable of attaching his jaw and consuming a human being. In, in, in Canada, our nickname for him was the jaw that walks like a man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll Google after that recording. Google on him. You'll go. Oh, I, I totally see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no he doubt. May, he, yeah, he may be one of the uh, one of the early of the uh, of the reptilian class, or you know, joining with Queen Elizabeth and and George Bush. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the kind of interesting things I sort of heard about that is um, is. Um, Oh, who's who's the guy that does all the reptilian stuff? What what's his name? Alex Alex Jones? Uh no no the the British guy the soccer player uh, the um oh, I forget his name. This is what happens when we turn fifty, right? <laughs> you yeah, to, exactly. You're gonna forget everything. But um um yeah that he uh, uh I I mean that guy is I think you know certifiably crazy the guy who sort of started the whole reptilian thing. But you know people were coming to him with like stories you know that 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 seemed implausible i mean you know like like 50 years ago if you said you know look my my priest his catholic priest has been abusing me people would go a catholic priest would never do that you you must be crazy right you know but now now we know right and and so so you know people are coming to him with these stories and he, he's the only one who's listening and going yep i totally believe you and it's so it's probably reptilians right well, if you're going to listen to me, sure, maybe. So, yeah. So he, you know, <laughs> so he was kind of like he was tapping into a certain truth that was out there, but then framing it in his in his nuttiness, you know. Right. Well, and that's that, I tell you, this has been the most fascinating thing, and you've been involved with this conspiracy longer than I have. But it's the uh, the the mindset of the people that that will will follow into it, and there has been some disturbing trends recently about how conspiracies are undermining people's trust in science in general. But it's just that the idea that people like to be part of something like they're in the know and you're not. And it seems that seems to attract a lot of the folks. And then they'll disregard facts to just – if it meets the narrative, it goes into their cerebrum. And if it doesn't, it just bypasses them completely. Exactly. And so, you know, like the idea of the reptilian stuff, there's so many questions of why that won't work. But – that doesn't matter to them. There's like if it does, won't work, they're saying, "Well, that's because they're they're using mind control to fog our minds, so we don't believe it." Exactly. Um, David Ike. David Ike is the guy. Who, David Ike. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I have. He's been a, a wellspring of uh, of research data. Him and Alex Jones. Oh God, I, could, I could have done a whole edition of the game just from those two guys. Yeah. I believe. I mean, one of the things, especially Alex Jones, is sort of classic. But you you find it a lot in sort of UFO circles too, where it's it's the 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 thing that's 
about to drop. So, you know, in the UFO culture, it's always like there's a big announcement coming real soon now. And, uh, and, and then it never happens. And then a few months later, again, rumors start to circulate in the UFO community. Major announcements coming down. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be astounding and it never happens. And, 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 and Alex Jones, I, I, you know, he was at least in, in the nineties, he was always kind of like, um, you know, one world government's coming real soon. You know, we're going to be all put to camps. Just it's happening any day now. And he, he's been, you know, for decades now, he's been touting, you know, it's happening real soon now, but it, it just, it never happens. Right. And that's what my friend is conspiracist. Like she'll say, you know, Steve, be careful. Jade Helm 12 is coming down or, and it's going <laughs> to, we're going to open up, we're going to do, they're going to open up FEMA camps inside of all the Walmarts. Yeah. Didn't you see all the coffins? And it's going to happen this summer. And I was like, I'm like, all right, but if it, when it doesn't happen, will you promise to not look at that website ever again? No, no, no. It could. They could have just found out that we know, and they changed it. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly. It is. It is absolutely astounding. And and to watch it. And then, like I said, when the, when the predictions are all wrong, I love this. Like the end of the world predictions. Yeah. And they get it wrong, and then and then they just keep on going. They're like, oh wow, you know, we had inter- intercession, intercession prayer fixed that that problem. I'm like, uh, you know, and so they're exactly. never. It never can be off. They never can be wrong. Exactly but, right. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's it, because they have made the conspiracy known that then the you know the conspirators have sort of you know slunk back into the underground and are reformulating their plans and you know yeah it, it's never like wow geez I really read that wrong I must go revise my whole worldview. They never do that, right? Yeah, that's called scientific method, and that's really not part of any conspiracy that I've come across. So, yeah, yeah but it's yeah, it, it is. It's like I said, and that's like the flat Earth theory. And and I'm an. I'm, you ask about a little bit of my background, and you know, I'm a an electrical engineer by by training, and then I've moved into sales and marketing. And I do all kind of different oh, stuff. Okay. But but the uh, but I still, you know, once you're an engineer, you just think that that way. They they they, they kind of force you into. You just carve down all the, the possibilities until you find the most logical. And the, the flat earth one, it's like I just keep uh, – like, for example, she came to me and said, all right, this is the definitive proof. Oh, she goes, I got, I got this off of the NASA website, and it was the name of a report, and it said linear flight pass, linear flight pass over a flat earth. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's exactly right because – Doing three-dimensional calculations on, on, a, on a sphere is really difficult, but when you're only flying 60 miles above an 8,000-mile sphere, right. you can simulate it to be a flat Earth, and that's why they do it. But being NASA, they want to be very precise, so they tell you what corners they cut. And she's like, you have an answer for everything, don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because yeah. it's science. It's real. Exactly. You know? And I'm just like, yeah, I do, Laura, at least of the stuff that I know. Um, but anyway, but it, you know, but it's like – but it's again, it's about finding the facts. They find the, the the discrepancies and they make the discrepancies the entire fact instead of trying to find why there was a discrepancy and explaining that piece out. So wow, wow. But, yeah, the um um like what 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 did you what how did you do your research for all, all of these conspiracies? But most of it was online, and like I said, and actually they started really cleaning up some of the search engines, so it's harder to find some of these. <laughs> Stuff. Yes, but when I started in 2017, it was before a lot of the Facebook and things that that became aware, and so you you would actually if you did a search on Queen Elizabeth, half of the first Google pages were conspiracies about her being 
um, uh, you know, reptilian or being alien or, or, you know, trying to world domination or whatever it was. And so it was a lot easier. But, you know, I am convinced that I've got to be on every government watch list because of the number of searches I've done about black helicopters and and the Denver airport and stuff like that. But it's yeah, yeah, but but basically it was online. But and that's when I started really archiving the uh, websites because I did notice that they were getting uh, they were starting to get deprioritized on searches. Mm -hmm. So some of these sites and some of these conspiracies, if you don't go to the QR code, you will have real trouble finding that conspiracy because Google and Yahoo and them have really done and Bing have done a good job of, of kind of getting rid of some of the crazy stuff, which has made my research job a little harder. But it may, at least makes you know fake news versus real news a little easier. Wow. Um, yeah. But and again, that's why I, I did the QR codes because I did want people. You know, if you want to know about the vegetable man attacking the uh, the woodchuck hunter in Virginia. You may have trouble finding that story right away, but I have the, the, the which is one of my favorite new stories that I found. Oh, that's hey, great. I, hey, I didn't know there was woodchuck hunters, and then I didn't know they were attacked by vegetable men. There's <laughs> nothing about this story that isn't amazing, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but but yeah, but like I said, and, and Alex Jones being being blocked and a bunch of other stuff. It's you know I can't hear about gay frogs anymore because Alex Jones is off the air. So oh, it's, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the internet is always a double-edged sword, right? So it's uh, and uh, no, no matter what you do, it's always going to be that kind of double-edged sword. It gives so much, but it it takes so much away. And yeah, well, I, I tell you, it's true. And I've I've kind of told some friends I kind of want to just try to create a conspiracy and see if I can get it out there. But then I'm afraid people will really believe it. Yeah. And then I'll have to go and say, look, I just made it up. And all that will do is convince them that the government got to me and made me say that, which will tell, which will completely cement the conspiracy, what I come up with. So probably won't. I don't want to add disinformation, but I, I, it is, it is interesting to see how they, they take legs on their own and it doesn't take a whole bunch of stuff to create them either. Well, the, the, what, the conspiracy I want to start is the, um, is that the anti-vax movement was really started by the one world government. So when they released their, uh, you know, their, their virus to like, you know, reduce the world population, down to, you know, <laughs> yeah. 500 million people, you know, then only the really the smart ones are going to get the vaccination against the virus. And then, and then all the other people are going, all the anti-vaxxers are going to be like, no, that's going to give me autism. So I'm not going to, and then they die. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, so all the useless eaters are, uh, you know, are, are wiped out. And then the people, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the people who actually understand science and can then, uh, you know, repopulate the glorious new earth, the, uh, will, will be alive. That's the kind of, that's the conspiracy I want to start, you know? Yeah. That's like the, that's like the Kingsman movie. Uh, it was kind of like that where they just gave them all the little chip that blew up their necks. But yeah, but yeah, that's, that one is, uh, well, you say you want to start that one. I, I've actually already been told one that's very, yeah, people are already beating you to that crazy punch, unfortunately, Carl. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one that I thought of was this one. I thought, cause you remember in the Sochi Olympics, how bad the water was? All oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, well, this is the one I was wanting to create was basically that that the the Russians had actually tainted the water with a chemical that that uh, unbridled ab- aggression, and then create a bunch of charts showing that people that attended Sochi, 
you know, the, the number of domestic violence and violent crimes is like 5,000% increase. And, and remember, and it's, and then have some guy named Vladimir that says, <laughs> yes, I was told not to drink the water at all during this Olympics and, you know, and just have him in a big shadow and then just put a bunch of other little random facts and, and stats that are, are completely unverifiable. And, and so that people know the water was bad and you can take pictures that were on the internet of how bad the water was. And then you just create a, a fake reason of why it was that way. And, and, and who's not going to believe that? So, exactly. you know, and then. And then you do a bunch of facts and stats that nobody can verify, but nobody can actually uh, uh, falsify either because they don't. Nobody's tracking it. And that, right. so that was my idea. So if you do hear about the Sochi Olympic water, it's definitely true. Oh, so yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah the, 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 like the water, water woo is always kind of fascinating. The, I, oh, yeah. I, I haven't aired it yet, but the uh, I mean it will be aired by the time you're listening to this one that is aired with you. But um, um, the my, my guest previous this one, uh, he, he sort of works in uh, sort of basically sort of water sanitation. And uh, we didn't get too much into it, but I'm going to have him on again. We're going to kind of talk a lot about water woo and, and stuff like that. And they, uh, there's something about kind of like like food and water that, you know, even rational people, once you start talking about like food and water, they can go, they can just go right off the deep end. Oh, it's amazing. Like especially GMOs and organic. And it yeah. drives me insane. I've got some really good friends that are, they only buy GMO free. I'm like, why? 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 You know, I think like when they said sugar, it's like, I'm going to get cane sugar versus beet sugar. It's, it's the same chemical property. It doesn't matter where it came from, it, yeah, exactly. but it does. But again, it's, it's, it's logic versus emotion, and a lot of those things they really drive on emotion. Homeopathy is is just rife with it, and right. and, and there's no science behind any of it. And there's not even nothing science. There's not even like credible studies, like the one the point I made on the SGU talking about the Gerson the Gerson clinic, hmm. which is you know what they did is they they had this thing where they had you know we cure cancer, and they, first of all when you came in sick they just said you had cancer but they never diagnostically tested it. Right. So a lot of people could just have, and then they feed you full of vitamins. They give you on a regimented healthy diet, and they give you five coffee enemas a day. Which, ugh. anyway, um, and then uh, and then you start feeling better, of course, because you got caffeine, you got all stuff. And they're like, "Oh, you're cured." They walk you out the door, and then they never follow up, and they just put you in the cured column right. of their yeah. of their service. So they, and and that's how you know they they create these great stats, and they can say and they show them their books, but it's completely based on you know non verified just more anecdotal than it is anything else and, right, and yeah. It's, yeah so but I, I also did think of the fact that you know we, there is a business thing that we could look at i know that um you know you guys have your um your uh, canadian uh coffee shops up there uh what what is it the one that's on every on every corner um, oh, oh tim hortons tim hortons yes yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah most amazing franchise ever but <laughs> i was thinking if, if if this really this coffee enema thing takes off we should start it we should start a new uh retail thing call it starbucks starbucks it's where, yeah. where you get your coffee enemas so that way uh you know i think we got a business opportunity here we may want to uh, expand you know you north of the border and me south of the border, Carl. There, there, there was actually in Korea, which is, you know, coming, looping back to like my conspiracy is actually people are getting, are now ahead of that. Um, Korea is ahead of you on that, that there was a, uh, there was a, um, um, restaurant and I'm going to use that, I'm gonna put some air quotes in there <laughs> called, called Star, Starbucks. And, uh, I, there was a part of Seoul where it was kind of like, um, you know, it's a restaurant, but, 
things go on behind closed doors that you know that you don't want to know about and and, <laughs> and, uh, and so so oh. yeah, it's called Starbucks and yeah I, the, oh my the, god I got to go look up the the logo for that because that that may have to I'll, I may I'll, have to I'll, put that together I'll, uh, when I'll, I'll I'll email you the picture of course I took a picture <laughs> of it but yeah, yeah. I'll email I, yeah I used to do another podcast called Soul Survivors when I was sort of living and teaching in Seoul but you know and then uh, we were always on the lookout for that that kind of weirdness but uh, yeah the um um. What was sort of some of the more surprising conspiracies you you sort of uncovered? Like you know, you're like, really? People uh, yeah, think well, that. The, yeah, there's a couple. You know, well, the one I did I, I mentioned opening the show is the fact is like there's a group called the Pleiadians who believe that we were created by uh, aliens from the Pleiades star system, mm. and um, and then the ghost of JFK came back to tell the leader of the Pleiadians to let the world know that dolphins were actually extraterrestrials that were given to us that we can eventually communicate with as pets. And <laughs> I, that one, there's nothing, there's like so much to unpack in that, that whole thing. But the one I got out of the whole thing is why is the ghost of JFK the spokesperson for extraterrestrial dolphins? Like, wouldn't it be like Jacques Cousteau or something like that? That would make more sense. Yeah. But, you know, but apparently JFK is, you know, not only was the ex-president murdered and had an affair with, with Marilyn Monroe, he also is a big fan of extraterrestrial dolphins and speaks to people. So that that was one of the ones I wanted. And the other one I liked was the uh, the the where did Jean Benet Ramsey end up? Oh, okay. uh, and and there's there's two. There's, it's funny. I got an email from somebody who played the game, and she she said, "Look, I played your game and I liked it, but you had um, you know Lady Gaga listed as who Jean Benet Ramsey grew up to be, and we know oh. that it, we know that it's Katy Perry." And I, and I was like. And I said, I responded, I said, you, you didn't read the question close enough. Lady Gaga is who she would grow up to be if you believe the compelling earlobe evidence. Right. But if you look at the eyebrow evidence, <laughs> then it's got to be Katy Perry. So you're either on Team Gaga or Team Perry on which way it goes. And I, and I put links to both of the conspiracies. So it's whether you think eyebrows are more telling than earlobes is which one you're going to believe that Jean Benet finally ended up being. Right. Well, so. there, yeah, I mean, there's a notion that like, like ears don't really change through life or something like 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 ears are kind of a something like a like a fingerprint. But I, I I don't know if there is actually any good science behind that. But I have heard people sort of bandy that about that if you if you look at their ears, you know, you can kind of compare ears, and ears don't change, and ears, you know, are unique to different, you know, to people and stuff like that. And, and that's actually why I'm on Team Gaga myself. Okay. But, you know, but, I, but I'm not going to put it, we don't really know. It's, it's like there's a, one of the guys, you ever watch Ancient Aliens? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a guy named Childress, I forget his first oh, name. Oh, God, he, yeah, yeah. But he, what he does is he takes the obvious answer and then the ridiculous answer and then adds the phrase, we just don't know. So he'll like, <laughs> this, big, this big black line here could be an asphalt road or it could be an alien landing strip. We just don't know. And like, no, we do know. We saw the crew working on it yesterday. Yeah. But he just so he just asked the question and leaves it hanging. And and and, and then the question he asks, and then he starts talking about his his obvious ridiculous answer. But he that's like become a joke at our house. We'll just say that you know you know, you know we could go to a restaurant or we could just not eat. We just don't know you know. And then we'll and that's the children's line. But uh, yeah, and a- ancient aliens is is definitely also been a boon for just great and ridiculous theories that they've come up with. Right. 
Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm very slowly working on a book called, um, it's got two titles, two working titles. It's either like 20 Greatest Canadian Conspiracies of All Time, sort of like all about Canadian conspiracies, or else the, the longer title is You Can Have My Health Card When You Pry It From My Cold Dead Hands. Uh, a guide to uh you know canadian conspiracies for our american cousins in essence the book is a primer for american readers about canada canadian conspiracies it's for for the people who who are kind of like you know if an election doesn't kind of go their way they're all like i'm gonna move to canada and and this idea that canada is like this escape hatch to sanity and (laughs) and i'm like well relatively speaking yes but be prepared there is wackiness up here so i kind of and it's it's introducing the canadian history and politics and and a whole bunch of stuff and as i as i sort of write and research i i go down these rabbit trails and and uh and i'm and it's it's really fascinating um the uh you know like the whole mulrooney thing and the allen memorial and whose daughter married who and who treated who and stuff like that did you did you did you find that sometimes like you know you should have been writing questions but you were you, you were going down these <laughs> rabbit trails i i would start i'd go like and um i've gotten used to you know you talk about going to korea i i worked a lot for overseas so i got used to doing a lot of work and like i'd work during the day for the u.s stuff and then had the family time the kids go to bed at 10 and then i would go back and start working for asia but so i got used to doing that and when i started doing research i would do it at 10 right. and i'd look up and it'd be three in the morning yeah because it is it's like when you go on youtube or you go on like pinterest or something and you see one thing and then you leave below it and it goes and i would just start marking and going and and i was shaking my head and going to the next one the next one yeah and i did you know some of them were usable some of them were not uh, i had to because some of them were just I mean, I mean, I couldn't even in, in you. Know, some of them are so like like the one you're describing. They're so complex. You can't put it. You can't um, reduce it down to a single uh, entertaining card that's on a trivia game. You know, like it, there's so many different like the one you're describing, which I hadn't even come across that one with the Maroney thing. But there's so many um, subtleties to it that it's it, a book would be great. You know, or a, or a, a YouTube video, but you couldn't do it in the card. But I would still read like one of the ones that I, I'm another one I'm very intrigued about. Did you know that Queen Elizabeth was actually uh, the Queen Elizabeth the Great was actually a farm boy named Neville? <laughs> no. And, and I want to laugh about it, but this is another one that I like. Uh, okay, I'm having trouble taking all these facts and getting rid of all of them. And, you know, they, they, and I actually put that one in the expansion pack, but it was the idea that, you know, she was left in a farm uh, when the plague was going on and then came back. And then ever since then, she never married, was never seen without makeup. Mm-hmm. And they said that, that, that she actually died while she was at the farm and the people were, were worried they were going to get killed. So they found a farm boy that kind of looked like her and they faked it out. And that's how she, and I'm like, okay, it, it probably didn't happen, but, it's one of these timelines where you're like, all right, I can actually see, um, you know, greed and fear are the two things that, like, you know, I yeah. heard about the one about the Titanic, not that it wasn't the Titanic that sold, that actually sunk, it was its sister ship. Oh, right, yes, yes. What was yeah, the sister yeah. ship called? Uh, uh, Royal, uh, what was that? I, I've got it somewhere. But it's, okay. yeah, the idea was that the, the, the sister ship had, had actually launched first, and then it would, um, the problem was is that it got hit by, um, it got hit by a naval ship, and they wouldn't. 
and the insurance wouldn't pay for it. Mm. And so then what happened is um, uh, I'm looking up the, the the name of the ship right now. I can't find it. But the and so what happened was the Titanic was supposed to launch two years later, and they just repainted this other ship to look like the Titanic. They repainted the Titanic <laughs> like the new one. And where and where the where the ship went down or where the Titanic uh, was stress broke was exactly where the damage was from the the wreck of the other ship. Oh, and the fact is, is that because it was a, it was you know it hit in the open ocean, they got their insurance. And the other ship, which said was not supposed to even be seaworthy anymore, ran for forty years before they finally decommissioned it. Right, right. So and then J P Morgan and them all canceled their first class berths like a week before the, the the ship. So there was all these things, and that was another one. But you know, there was another thing they talked about on conspiracies is the number of people involved in the conspiracy is inversely proportionate to how long that conspiracy can be kept. Right, right, right. So you know, how everybody that painted the Titanic and and did the work on it would all had to have been known, and then over the last hundred years, not a single one of them has talked, and that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that's like the the, the flat Earth. You know, one third of the planet would have to be in on it. To fake the other two thirds of us out, all the yeah. pilots in the world, kind right. of thing. When I and I saw one of the one of the uh, broadcasts, there was guys talking about it on a YouTube video, and he said, "Not only that, think about it. In World War II, the Allies and the uh, and the Axis powers, the Nazis, all had to agree we're not going to reveal that the Earth is flat, even though we're trying to kill each other." Yeah, exactly. and, uh, which. Uh, which, you know, so it's those those are I just find are, are you know those interesting, but but like I said, some of those. Some of them are more intriguing and more involved than others. So, what is your favorite of the Canadian conspiracies that 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 you you find the most fascinating? Well, it, it's mostly the um, oh boy, uh, it, it's the the idea that um, America wants to steal our water, and uh, it, it, it's sort of a, a complicated story. But like Canada has a lot of like fresh water, right? But most of it kind of just runs off into the, you know, into Arctic Ocean. So there was an actual project to, they're looking at a project to like, could we dam that water and then, you know, pump it down to, to, into the Great Lakes. And then, you know, then you can take a lot more water out of the Great Lakes and then run that down to Arizona and stuff like that. And, but they sort of realized that, you know, like you're gonna you're gonna have to have like a nuclear power plant to, to pump the water over mountains, <laughs> yeah, and it, right, it, exactly. it, it's gonna cost like basically, you know, trillions of dollars. It, it's insane how much it would cost to do this and to maintain it. And and the water coming out of the pipe, you know, at the farmer's end in Arizona is gonna be like ten times the price of what a farmer's paying for water now. And and it's weird that people people have very fixed ideas of how much they want to pay for water. And, and, you know, there's a lot of problems there. It's like trying to convince farmers to pay what it actually costs for the water. But long story short is, is that, you know, it, it became this idea that, you know, that America is going to cause Canada and to split up and, and there's going to be a, a civil war in Canada and America have to come out and take over Canada as peacekeepers and then they're going to, Put this project into into action and take all our water and yeah it, 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 yeah and of course it, then now this feeds into the whole free trade agreement and 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 you know uh, but I mean yeah it, it, but when you kind of look at it it's like it's like this was like a I don't know how many billions and billions of dollars in like nineteen eighty dollars and if you know if if there's a lot of major corporations were kind of really kind of interested in this because they're like. Okay, if there's like billions of dollars on the table for massive engineering projects, we're going to at least put a guy on their board to, 
you know, and maybe we'll get some money. And, you know, it's, but, you know, it becomes like an octopus where it's like, it, it, it's it, just people who are just corporations and politicians are just lending their name to this in case it ever gets done. Right. We just want to be first in line for the, you know, the, the handout or the contracts, but it didn't mean that this was ever probably going to happen or, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, it is fascinating. It's called the, the, um, the the Grand Canal project. Um, if you do, if you if you do an expansion pack on Canada, you know that's uh, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, and that's what one of the things that I am looking to because I've expanded to Canada because you know there are things that I think about you know which state in the U.S. has gotten the most dragon sightings, which by the way is, is Texas. Um, <laughs> but um, but the yeah to do international, I, I need to take out the more colloquial kind of things and and just keep it more generic. So I'm actually looking to try to do some more um, uh, international. You know, like I'm going to do an international version, which will probably have the same 250 or 300 questions, but it, it will get rid of the more localized ones. But in, you know, in Canada, the uh, I've only found a few that 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 made it into the game. I did. I did know. Do you know what the uh, the main mythical creature that originated in Canada was? Oh, uh, not not not, not Bigfoot. The be. Um... No, although you have lots, you have lots of uh, yeah. put up there, but yeah, no, it's. Yeah, I think you were about to say it. Was it Windigo or how do you pronounce it? It's the Windigo. Yeah, Windigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. so that that's a Canadian legend that we've seen them in the U.S. You guys have migrated to the south, but uh, yeah, but that's supposed to be cannibalistic people. They turn into this creature called the Windigo. <laughs> so that one I did, I did do homage to your guys' creatures, and I did put that into the original game. So there is some Canadian, there is some Canadian. Uh, uh, pieces into it, but um, but yeah, I did. I found that the creatures, um, uh, mythical creatures, was very fascinating. The fact that that uh, the Bigfoot legend is all over the place. You know, they've got the um, the Yeti, of course. Uh, they've got the they call the skunk ape, skunk ape, ugh, skunk ape down in Florida, mm-hmm. which is which is the Floridian Bigfoot, and the Yowie in Australia. Right. And they all have they all smell really bad, and they're all hairy, yeah. and they don't like people. So, you know, so it could be something there, but, you know, we just don't know. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So what yeah. the, um, um, you, you were sort of guest on the on Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. What, uh, what, did you, uh, assuming you didn't have to sign an NDA, what can, what can you reveal about how that sausage is made? Oh, it's, it's fascinating. First of all, and they were very accommodating to rookie me who right. hadn't, hadn't done this before, but. Yeah, it, it's like I said. It, what, what I did find interesting, I think, I was telling you this is the. I've always been amazed at how good the audio quality is, and the fact that they do local recording and then send it out. Yeah. And then they also do the thing where when you start messing up, you can say, "Okay, I need to cut it here," and then you break it, and then they go back and they cut it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, what what I did find amazing was there really is not a lot of show prep. They just said, "Okay, here's what we everybody everybody pitches what they wanted to talk about." So right, I pitched sure. the quantum engine. Steve uh, Novella, who, who who originates and runs it, says, "Okay, you can do this, do that," and then they let me do the science and fiction because uh, I wanted to try to do the conspiracy mm-hmm. thing. And then you just kind of go, and uh, and then they all just log in and and they just record it. And uh, but you know, behind the scenes, like we we were having some banter before and after, and they're just super nice people. And you know what you hear on the podcast and what you what you hear not on the podcast. There's no, zero difference, and uh, and like I said, and with me trying to first time to ever do this type of uh, uh, thing, it was they were very understanding of some of my um, trip ups early on, and just and uh, very patient to let me kind of go through, um, you know, 
since they're all seasoned pros at it. Um, well, one yeah. time sort of on, on spec, Ev, Evan, the uh, he's like their accountant, and usually he disappears at tax time. And uh, sort of on spec, I, I sent him once uh, my own science or fiction, but it was called uh, uh, Tax Deduction or Fiction. And, uh, <laughs> and basically like, like sort of four... Tax the weird tax deductions three three which were actually genuine uh, and 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 then one the tax deductions was 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 a fiction so uh, if you if you ever have an in with them say hey remember that weird Carl guy sent you that you should that sounds fascinating you should you should use it sometime that's yeah that's that's a funny idea by the way especially with uh, accountants who aren't generally known for their wacky sense of humor okay. how yeah how uh, how Evan is made as accountant and being as funny as he is is still yeah. amazes to me but um but yeah no I, I said I really enjoyed it I'm glad that it, it led me to be able to talk to you here as well because we do have similar interests on on the whole conspiracy world and I am excited about it. Your book. Do you have a target date when you're going to try to get your book out? Uh, just it's just you know just writing it as I go and, and um, then you know, I start to as you probably find like you kind of get uh, I mean writer's block seems like a cliche but you kind of like start writing something and you're just like I can't really go anywhere with this and and you got to kind of let it percolate for a while and and uh, so so yeah so no 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 no. No, tar- no definitive tar- date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, I want to kind of get about I don't know, maybe you know, six really good chapters sort of under my belt, and then see if I can't sort of shop around to a publisher. But if not, it's just a labor of love. That's something you know I would release you know on Amazon, kind of you know the uh, you know what was it? what was that book the the Martian. You know, you just kind of release it, and it's like, hey, you want to pay a buck for that? Go ahead. If not, you know. Well, and that's definitely, you know, that's what I said. We're in the world now, like, for example, my game, 15 years ago, it would have been inconceivable for an individual to go out and pull this together, go through, you know, I negotiated. I, I unfortunately had to print it overseas because it was just too expensive domestically. Mm-hmm. But I had to, I went and did the RFPs, got it all out, got it printed, and then being able to sell it because of Amazon, I was able to get it out in front of people. Yeah. Before all this world, it would, the idea that of the, of the person that comes up with a new concept, being able to go directly to people that want it without having to have the infrastructure of the, you know, bookstores and right. It's, uh, it's kind of opened up and I I tell a lot of the kids because I I have, you know, my kids are, are, um, you know, in their late teens, early twenties. And I was like, you know, you can do a lot of things. If you have a dream and an idea and you have the tenacity and you have the, um, the self discipline to, to do the work, I said, the, getting the ability to create your own um, your 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 own way in the world is so much different now than it was ten years ago. And like I said, you get your book out, you can self publish it on on all these pu- you know the digital publishing mm-hmm. sites, and it boom, it's out there, and and people you know people will enjoy it, download it, and and I've also found people you know, you, or you can go through and a lot of people funded books through like um, Kickstarter. Right. And yeah. you know, so they start seeing it, they do it, and people people are willing to pay for when they when they find things that that are very interesting to them. So it's an exciting time, you know, that that we go through. And now I'm starting to roll additional games, and I started doing dabbling in writing, and I'm now just started. When I turned 50, I just said I was, I'm going to start a YouTube channel, and I want to start doing that. And I've got like 500 followers on that one. That's going. That's been fun, and it's just it's just interesting. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> Very appropriate yeah. sound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. But no they, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like I said, it's, but I, I definitely, whenever you're ready to publish it, you gotta let me know because oh, I'll, I'll definitely be one of your first readers on oh, that. Absolutely. And, and, and by the way, I have a. I'm um, your phone sound because it, it, it starts off like a tea kettle and then sort of like goes into like the 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 theremin kind of classic sci-fi. Yeah, I did that. One of the reasons I did because I was traveling all the time. You get on a plane, a phone ring, and everybody reaches for their belt. And I yeah. said, I got to come up with something different than everybody else. So I found that one. Plus, <laughs> that was when I'm all in the goofy stuff. Um, but I have a question for you. Yeah, I don't know if this is a conspiracy or this is just. A hilarious story about Canada, but are you familiar with the whiskey war between Canada and Denmark? Oh yes, yes, yeah. This this is true, right? Yeah, yeah, right. There's there's a kind of a, a, a disputed island, and um and uh, yeah, Hans yeah. Island is exactly 12 miles off the coast of both Greenland and Els- Ellesmere Island right, in Canada. Right, yes, and and yeah. occasionally the Canadian Navy sort of you know. You know, a little bit of gunboat diplomacy sort of visits it and sort of says, "This is ours." And to 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 you know, to, instead of planting the flag, right, they leave a bottle of Canadian whiskey, and then they sail off, and because and then they know that the the Danish navy is going to then pay their visit and go, "No, this is our land," and they're going to they'll pick up the Canadian whiskey and then leave uh, some some drink. Is do they leave whiskey for the Canadian? Yeah, navy? yeah. They both. They actually started with the king of Denmark went over and planted a, a Danish flag, uh, and and put a bottle of of the of a Danish whiskey there. And then I think it was the prime minister that actually came back and tore down the Danish flag and put up the Canadian flag, poured out the the uh, the, Dan- the Danish whiskey and put some uh, Canadian whiskey there. And since then, it's just become kind of uh, uh, of a, a tradition. Yeah, Hans Island is literally like a kilometer across. It is it's a rock. It's not habitable, but it's now be, it's the most uh, civil war ever fought. Most civil, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's been going on for years. It's just hilarious. I think that the, every new prime minister you kind of redoes this or something. I, I haven't read all. I just learned about this last week, and I just it is it was one of the one of the, those kind of things that's so uniquely Canadian that you know it couldn't happen anywhere else in the world. Yeah. And, and and so it just made me laugh. So it's called the Whiskey Wars. If any of your listeners are interested about Hans Island, and it is a fascinating and funny story. So it's not really a conspiracy, but it is it it. It is one of those kind of things. Like I said, in my research, I discover things that yeah. aren't that aren't that end up being conspiracies, but I still just, just odd, weird facts that just make me laugh. Right, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, all right, okay, yeah. I guess yeah. Maybe we should we should we should wrap up. Um, let's see. Now I always have to sort of say like I'm I'm the podcast that doesn't want anything. Um, you know, I don't ask for donations or uh, you know I don't even say go to iTunes and rate me. I don't, I don't, just it's something I just like to crack a mic, talk talk to interesting people like you, and then that's and that's that's my my, my payback. But um, but I always say that you know if if you are out in the world and you know and after everybody's like oh skeptics guide tell me more about that and they're like oh yeah and I kind of remember you're on a conspiracy skeptic that was kind of nifty. Hey, can I buy you a drink? Like what um what 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 what, what, what are you drinking? What can someone buy you? You know to sort of you know thank you for your your your, your pod and also your game efforts. Uh, it's uh, I I am a uh, um, well I have two things. 
First of all, uh, I I like uh, Cosmopolitans, but my wife says it doesn't make me look very manly. So then, <laughs> so then it's just going to be a Stolies and uh, um, Artitos and uh, Cranberry. Right. But uh, but the Cosmopolitans definitely the the uh, the way to go. And I've, I we turned fifty, been married thirty years. It does, you're not really trying to impress anybody anymore anyway. Exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> uh, the. Uh, um, I, I sometimes have to train people at my job and, and I had this weird cat t-shirt on the other day and people are kind of looking at me and, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I bought the called Val, value village, kind of like a resale chain shop. And I'm like, Oh, I bought this t-shirt at this value village resale shop. I'm like, I'm married now. So I, 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 I can just shop there now. I don't, I don't have to try anymore. Kind of. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of liberty to be to be an old married guy because yeah, you, exactly. you could just kind of like I, the other day I was wearing my uh, uh, schoolhouse rock t-shirt. Oh and, yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, and then that that wasn't going to get me any uh, right swipes on Tinder if I was on that. So no, no, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, I would say my my second book would be. Um, would be you know uh, the uh, would be called uh, you know the shit I pulled to get her to marry me you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly you know, it's like we, we are so lucky that our, our wives have stuck with us aren't we yeah I don't I don't know why and I don't know I don't know what moment of weakness caused her to want to marry me but I, I took her off the market as fast as I could and and, and made her uh, sign the contract before she could think about it but uh, exactly. yeah like I said it's been a long you guys been married a long time no actually we're we're coming up on I mean we were sort of dating for about about five years but we're coming up on our second wedding anniversary uh, um, uh, in November. Oh hey, congratulations, man! Yeah, well, thank that's, you. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah we're we're my wife and I are going to be uh, we're coming up on our thirtieth in two years, so we're on our twenty eighth uh, this month. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's older than yeah, you know, we're older than dirt on that that thing. Like, <laughs> we've been together longer than we've been apart. So wow, that's awesome. All right then, okay, Stephen. Well, I'll, I'll I'll let you go and 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 thank thanks for thanks for you know, shaving off some time and you know. Two jobs, in essence, and a family and kids, and and, and I, I I understand how valuable time can be sometimes. Hey, Carl, I really appreciate you having me. And if you've ever got time and want to talk more conspiracies, you know, definitely ring me up again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you, I mean, when you're if you release an expansion pack or a new game, I mean, I'm always, you know, hey, you know. Uh, yeah, I, my listenership isn't SGU probably, but uh, but uh, you know what it what we, you never know, right? Who who's listening? Yeah, you know what? If we can just just wake up one more person to uh, to the the fact that the uh, reptilians are running the flat Earth, then we've done our jobs. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> on, that, <laughs> on that happy note. All right. Thank, thank, thanks, Stephen. Have a All good right. night. Thanks. Have a good night. Take care. Bye. Bill.